Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We are so happy you're here with us this Thanksgiving week. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer. And today we're asking the question, what do you make for dinner the night before Thanksgiving? Straight <laughs> off our Facebook group. Jewel, what is your answer? Okay, Jewel? this is Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas. And the answer is take out Tex-Mex. I am okay. not cooking another thing, okay? I've been cooking all week. The yeah. kitchen is closed, as our mother used to say. <laughs> okay. Liz, what happens at your place? This is Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Yeah, I'm with Julie. Like, making dinner the night before Thanksgiving? What? No. My house, it's takeout Thai vegan. Because I go for, what is the opposite of Thanksgiving? And I think that would be Tex-Mex. Yes. Or or take out Thai vegan. And then you have some, you know, good leftovers for the next day. So not that I'm really doing any cooking on Thanksgiving either. So, yeah. So I didn't want to speak up, Liz, but are you exhausted from cooking nothing all week? Is that I am? Yes. I've had just about enough. Okay. All right. I usually make cheese enchiladas in a big salad because that's a, that's a pleaser. And if people are home, I'm happy to cook for them. And I'm in the kitchen all day anyway. But uh, so that was a question on our Facebook group. (laughs) And thanks for that. If you want to join, head on over to Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Hey, Liz, we missed you last week. I know. I know. It was so much fun to listen to. I was in Miami. I had a work commitment there, but Thank you to Fiona Dolan for filling in for me. She was great. You know, it's just so fun to hear a 21-year-old talk about the world. It just is. You know, (laughs) she is very enthusiastic. And, you know, when you hear someone saying missing your stop on the subway is kind of poetic, I was like, yeah, I guess I used to feel that way. There was a time (laughs) in your life where it felt that way. So just I just love listening to her. And we have another niece today. So that's super exciting. It's right. a good thing. The Satellite Sisters Next Gen is so solid. <laughs> I, am, I am very proud of our next gen. <laughs> uh, yes, we are too. Uh, today on the show, Megan Dolan Saparita is joining us uh, from Long Island. Megan is a lawyer. Uh, she's a mother and she's been working on a really interesting community project called Not In Our town uh, to combat racism and bullying. And they've had a surprising amount of both racism and bullying in her town, and she's really getting engaged in this. So she's going to tell us a little bit about what her organization is doing and how you can become a member in your town. But she always has something interesting to say. Yeah. Just a side note, we are sending microphones to both Fiona, Megan, <laughs> and our niece, Catherine, because they're all signed up for possible guest slots in 2022. 2022, so, bring on the next generation. Good work. Yes. Good work on recruiting, Liam. We appreciate yeah. and, it. And, 
And what's good is that these these impressive young women are not any of our children. They're right. uh, they're our siblings' <laughs> yes, children. We're so, not, yeah, we're not foisting our own children no, on no. our satellite sister listener they're, listenerhood. They're right. just our nieces, but right. like yeah, pretty impressive on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, today on the show, we were talking to Megan. We're also uh, covering a couple of news stories, and we have a lot of entertainment recommendations for your Thanksgiving holiday weekend. So we got that going on. Uh, but first, Julie, you want to do some news. But yes, so I want to What's I, happening there? I want to start with a sports story. It's an international story. It's a human rights story. And that is the story of Peng Shui. Now, she is a Chinese tennis pro. And maybe you've seen this. You know, at one point, she was ranked number one in doubles. She was she won the doubles uh, open at the French Open and at the U.S. Open. She is a three-time Chinese Olympic Olympic star. Okay. Uh, but about two weeks ago, she made allegations uh, that she was sexually assault- assaulted by the f- uh, former vice uh, premier of China. So one, he's retired now, but one of the top leaders of China. She put this, she posted it on social media. And interestingly, her post item disappeared within 20 minutes after it was posted. Wow. Um, and but since then, she had not been seen. And. But what is interesting is the tennis community has really rallied around her. And, you know, um, they, you know, individual players like Serena Williams, Rafa Nadal, Ash Barty, um, Naomi Osaka have all started a social media campaign, you know, you know, wondering where she is. Was she safe? They were really worried about her. And as well. Liz, the world, the Women's Tennis Association mm-hmm. uh, stepped up in a way that we don't really see a lot of other sports associations doing and said they wouldn't really play in tournaments in China unless they knew that she was OK, uh, which is pretty, pretty courageous on their part. Um, right. Right. That's a big statement. So. Mm-hmm. But over the weekend, um, some videos and photos were posted of her um, that she was attending a junior uh, tournament. And Liz, uh, I know because you've talked about the International Olympic Committee a lot. Mm -hmm. um, She was interviewed, did a video interview by the IOC president Mm -hmm. uh, because Beijing in a a matter of months in February is hosting the Winter Olympics. Uh, So she was. So the IOC is very tight with the Chinese government. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. I knew you would have another way of thinking about that. Yes. Right. I, you know, I knew you would have the inside scoop on that. The IOC has declared that uh, Miss Peng is safe and well. And uh, but it's interesting. The world, uh, the Women's Tennis Association, they haven't really acquiesced yet. They said they're still concerned and they are going to be watching what happens in China. Yeah, because, Uh, you know, safe and well is different than investigating her allegations of sexual assault right exactly so like great she's okay now we can see that she's alive that's not really the point right you know it's not the point so you know she is a big chinese star you know she's a she's as a tennis pro but she's also a global athlete too so it's very interesting to see this global response to her situation in china so Mm Um, we're going to be watching it here at Satellites, um, uh, Satellite Sisters as well. It's really a unique story, I think, because this is an athlete that 
I feel like most people in America have probably never heard of her. No. So it was, I never had really. And so it was interesting to see all of the other big stars that we do know immediately speak up on her behalf. You just, you like to see that. Okay. But but even that I think is, uh, is pretty amazing because, you know, what's in it for that? You know, you, I mean, they have their own careers to manage and, you know, and to consider. And, um, but so it was great to see so many stars step up, uh, both, you know, ones that are highly ranked and others that are not as highly ranked, Mm -hmm. uh, step up and support her case. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we hope she stays safe and well. Um, and we hope we hear more about this. Okay. All right. So here we are. It's Thanksgiving week, which I love Thanksgiving week. It just seems this is a good holiday. (laughs) Yes, it's an American holiday. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, everybody celebrates it. Uh, Yeah, that's good. Been a little rocky over the last couple of years. So I was interested to see that on Monday, Target announced that um, they are going to shut their stores on Thanksgiving Day. They did it last year because of the pandemic. And they just decided to stick with that policy and that this will be their policy into the future. Hmm. I mean, they used to the phrase moving forward. I just have a thing I do. I never use that phrase moving forward. I just hate that. I I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, or going forward. I don't say moving forward or going forward. I was just, can we just say in the future? So Target stores are going to remain closed on Thanksgiving Day into the future, which, so I was thinking a lot about this and also looking at some of the comments online. The Walmart is also going to close its stores on Thanksgiving um, and Trader Joe's and Aldi's. So I would the grocery stores being closed. I just would like everyone to know that. But it feels, does it feel to you like, are we starting to just sort of incorporate into our real lives some of the pandemic lessons, which is that maybe one is we do not need stores to be open all day, every day, even on holidays. Like <laughs> these holiday times together are worth protecting, right? right. Don't you feel right. that way? Right. Well, I think they're going to be. Go ahead, Joel. I just I mean, I think for the people that work in these stores, they deserve the whole holiday. Yeah, uh, that's it. But but now that's the thing, though, Julie, because we use the word holiday. But for retail workers, it's not a paid holiday. Right. So it's just an unpaid day off. Right. Which is different than what those of us who have ever worked in like a corporate environment, like when you have a holiday, it's a paid holiday. So, you know, it's good, but it's not great. It's just less, less people getting paid, right? Is it, are they opening early on Black Friday? Yes. I always assume they use the open on Thanksgiving to prep for the real Black Friday. Like well, I, well, Target has said they're opening at 7 a.m. on okay. Friday. So right. they'll be ready to go. But I was reading the comments like in the um, online where this was posted in, in my news source. And here's something that I hadn't thought about. Uh, a woman posted, but meanwhile, why aren't the Target distribution centers, the warehouses closing? My husband has to work in the New York warehouse location Thursday from 4 a.m. till 4 p.m. What about our families? Our distribution team members are the backbone to getting these stores supplied for every occasion. So, right. okay, good point. Yeah. And hospitals, there's a lot of other places that are open too. Um, Oh, of course. Of course, hospitals need to be open. But the the distribution centers obviously have to get everything ready for Black Friday. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So uh, that's good. And and also I was thinking, I don't know, this is just me, I know. But the fact that everyone can shop online, 
I don't even understand why you would want to go into a store. <laughs> I still am totally over the store thing. Oh no, are you guys know. are you guys back to regular going yes, to stores? Yes, oh, yes, not yes, me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to try things on. You got to hold it. You got to see it. Yeah, yeah. but for food, yes. Yeah. No. I don't know. Well, oh, I'm yeah. I'm I'm held back a little bit by the you know old lefty here. So yeah. uh, you know, at least at a grocery store, I can hang on to the cart. So that's good. But anyway, <laughs> well, when you but, go to Target, you can get a big red cart, Liz. They're yeah. excellent. You can drive. You can get one of those driving carts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there were so as reading through, it's just interesting to see. Most people felt like, yeah, this is a good lesson of the pandemic let's really appreciate the friends and family and stay home for the holidays other people need the extra shifts at work and kind of resent getting a day off but not a paid holiday and then there was this comment which i totally related to it is a woman from seattle posted having stores closed on thanksgiving is a great idea i sleep in take my dogs to the off-leash area during the day and plan to watch the Beatles get back while eating wild caught sockeye salmon. I'll defrost tomorrow. That's pretty much <laughs> that's your plan. Yeah, that's you know. Yeah, I know we butcher box is box is one of our sponsors today. Like I've got plenty of that wild caught Alaskan sockeye salmon in the freezer. So yay. Anyway, I, I'm happen. curious. What make it happen? Liz. Make it yeah, happen. Make it happen. Yeah, I'm curious to see how people react to this and if people really do like stay home and enjoy, you know, it's, uh, you know, it would be, it would be great if people could just really get together with the people they loved and enjoy that. So yes. um, I, for one, for this. yes, yes. All right. Well, on, on that note, you know, for a long time here at Satellite Sisters, we've been tracking the, um, you know, Norwegian uh, tradition of hygge, right? <laughs> trying wonderful, to- <laughs> wonderful pronunciation this morning. Thank Liam. you. Yes. Tr- trying to make our homes cozier and more convivial and in the winter, just hunkering down, but in a way that makes us feel closer to the people that we're hunkered down with. I mean, we've been on this for a couple of years, right? So finally, sure. when the New York Times is getting on board with hygge. Okay. So they had a whole, uh, a whole, um, basically you know, clickbait slideshow about 10 ways <laughs> to make your home feel like a cozy cabin. Oh, now, ooh, okay. Satellite Sisters listeners know all this stuff because we've been talking about Hyogi forever. They got the warming spices, tea, sure. yeah. you know, music. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to have put a fire on. Uh-huh. We're going to put slippers on our cozy clothes. We're going to have just soft stuff everywhere, just everywhere, soft stuff. Okay. But this, there was one new tidbit okay. and I want to pass it along. Oh, good. If you're trying to Hyogi up, this is what they say. Put it on a tray. Oh, you heard it here, girls. Really? Put it on a tray. Just whatever you're eating, whatever you're drinking, whatever you're doing, just put it on a tray. It makes it it makes it much huggier, much cozier. <laughs> okay, so all the clutter I have on my counter, just put it on put a it tray. Put it on a tray. Oh, just it's put gonna it on a tray. Better. Okay, I like that. How about how about Liz's mail? She has a giant pile <laughs> of mail at her house. Put it on a tray, Liz. Okay, put it on a tray. I think a mail tray sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe I better get to Target before it closes. Get yeah. myself some new trays. Well, <laughs> do you remember about a decade ago? When when Julie and I broke open the trend of tubbing yeah. where everything was just put it in a tub. Yes. Just don't yeah. throw anything away. Put it in a tub. Just put it in a tub. <laughs> Photos, food, put it in a tub. Well, now it's put it on a tray. I mean, it's just, there you go. You're trying to decide third piece of pie, put it on a tray. Go for it. Have a third piece of pie. Yeah. One more drink, fine. Put it on a tray. Put so, it, on a tray. Good. it sounds like something mom would totally approve of. Yeah. 
She had a lot of trays. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I inherited quite a few of her trays. So Me I'm too. just going to yeah. tray it up. I'm going to yeah. tray it up over the holidays here. Every, everything's, okay. everything's going on a tray. <laughs> Liz, you're getting a tray for Christmas. That's okay. Actually, okay. I, I will look forward to that. Thank you. Tray it up. <laughs> Give that a try. <laughs> All right. Up next, we're talking to our niece, Megan Dolan Separita, about the work that she's been doing in her town to bring more civility and anti-racism, anti-bullying platform. If you're interested, stay tuned. Megan has lots of resources for you. First, we'd like to thank a couple of sponsors of Satellite Sisters. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. Yeah, (laughs) by the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Well, a big welcome to our niece, the oldest daughter of our oldest brother, Jim, and next gen contributor, Megan Dolan Saparita. Megan, we're so happy you're here. Me too. Thank you for having me. Okay, Megan. So fill us in. What's been going on in your life? It's kind of a loaded question, Jewel. Um, (laughs) A lot has changed for us, I would say, in the past year and a half. Um, When COVID started, I was working as an attorney. I was a litigator. I've been a litigator for, you know, a dozen years. Um, I was in the public sector as a prosecutor. Then I was at an in-house counsel and In March of 2020, I was at a a private firm here on Long Island. Um, I live in Northport, New York, um, doing all types of litigation, you know, kind of high powered, very intense uh, working. And I had two young kids. I still have them, but (laughs) that's good at the time. Yes. At the time they were two and four. Um, And so the short answer when COVID hit Greg, my husband and I stopped and we took kind of a long inventory of our life and what we had been doing. Um, And I decided to leave my job and we decided to expand our family. 
So the four-year-old and two-year-old at the beginning of COVID are now six and four. And we have a little eight-month-old baby also. Oh, that Luca. We have seen pictures of Luca. We haven't, Leon and I haven't met Luca in person, but we, we were just chatting right before that. He is the most adorable baby ever. So cute. I'm, I mean, I'm, the skin tone is just so beautiful. We're jealous because yes. we have blotchy Irish skin and Luca <laughs> takes after your mom's side of the family with that gorgeous Mediterranean uh, Spanish skin. Just gorgeous. All your kids yes. are gorgeous. Yeah, thank you. I totally agree. (laughs) Well, that's a big lifestyle change. But, you know, Megan, one of the other reasons we wanted to talk with you today uh, for our Thanksgiving show is because of the work that you're doing in your community uh, in North Port with Not In Our Town. Can you explain what Not In Our Town is and where it started? Sure. So Not In Our Town is a national nonprofit. It is an anti-hate and anti-bullying organization that's been around for over 20 years. Um, It started in the Bay Area in California. Um, And the goal, so we started a chapter here in Northport in the summer of 2020. Um, And the goal of all these Not In Our Town chapters across the country is to stop hate together. So we are working on standing up in our community, denouncing acts of hate and bringing everybody together in that mission. So this was a group of women that you knew that started this. How did that work? So that's actually very interesting, Julie. So it started, we had in June, I want to say of 2020, uh, graffiti incident at a local elementary school, um, anti-Semitic racist graffiti. Mm. And some uh, friends of mine um, and I were really at a breaking point and we were so disappointed in local leadership's response to this incident. Um, We wanted more, we wanted a clearer message sent that this is not tolerated and what are we gonna do to prevent these types of things? So you'll actually appreciate this. And I have to give a shout out here to one of my close friends, Molly Feeney Wood, who's a fellow mom and educator in Northport. I met her at our Brooklyn book signing for You're the Best. She came up and she, yes, she came up and introduced herself to me and said, my sister and my mom and I have listened to the podcast for years and I live in Northport and she's become an integral part of my village. Um, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's so great. So, you know, I emailed a couple people, she emailed a couple people. We had about nine women in my backyard one night and we decided to form this chapter of Not In Our Town locally. That is amazing. Leon, there is a great YouTube video that Megan sent us the link for and and we're going to put it up on our Facebook uh, page as well about a chapter of Not In Our Town that was in Billings, Montana. And if you want to learn more about the organization, this is a, you know, this video, I think, does a great job of explaining of, of how it works in communities. And Leanne, I'm sure you're going to cry. I know mm-hmm. I got choked up watching this and I would recommend it to everyone that listens to Satellite Sisters. Um, Megan, that, I mean, 
it, you know, you don't think like something like that you would have that kind of graffiti in Northport, Long Island, you know, that we would be be beyond that kind of hate, but that's not the case. Correct. You don't, you don't think so. And, um, you know, unfortunately, and I say this about our work, we call it NIAD Northport, not in our town, Northport. We have been very busy. There were another incident on my job, my daughter, who's in first grade, right before this school year started, there was a swastika etched into the slide on the playground in her school. Um, And it was the night before they were going to kids were going to come back and have kind of a play play date before the school year on the playground. We found this out about 6 p.m. We meaning Nyat Northport, not the school yeah. district, not, you know, anybody like that. We wrote oh. a letter to the Board of Ed and we said this must be removed before tomorrow. Um, and they did it, which is great. Um, but we've kind of become a place that people go to give a testimonial or to report incidents like this. And so we turn around quickly and really try to take action. What do you think the secret is, Megan, the quick response? I mean, that's pretty quick response for a school board to turn around and do something. Is it, is it because your message is so strong? Is it because you're a lawyer and you scare the pants off them? <laughs> you're Maybe a little me, of so. both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe a little of both. You know, I think it kind of seemed like Um, And we've heard from from older parents that there were things started in the school district in the past that kind of, you know, programs, let's say that fizzled out um, and other types of assemblies or things like that. But we're really looking for more of a commitment of a substantial Mm -hmm. commitment moving forward to talk about these things with our kids um, and to set an example. Um, that when these types of things happen, the teachers, the other kids, we have, uh, a, I guess, not a saying, but what we call it an upstander in NIAT. So a lot of our programs and, and things for younger kids are geared towards being an upstander. So when you see something, you say something um, and giving options for how to do that. But it, we need the adults in our community to do it first, to set that example. You know, our sister Sheila, who for listeners is a teacher, a longtime teacher, and has said many times on the show that like one thing kids understand is fairness. Like Mm -hmm. kids get it. I would imagine that kids are responsive to your message that, you know, this is not what we stand for. Is it parents that are standing in the way? Is it other adults? Or do you feel like you're getting a lot of buy-in? Yes, it's parents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, we've had the opposition to our movement. Now, we kind of say to ourselves, what is the anti anti hate position? I guess, you know, like, if that is a position is, we don't want to talk about that, because I grew up in Northport, and it's a great town, and everybody's so nice, and our kids would never do that. Uh Cut, cut to four weeks ago, when we got a district wide email that racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic graffiti was found inside a bathroom stall inside the high school. Mm. So now we know this is our kids, right? So, and then people say, oh, people come from the outside and they do these things. Mm -hmm. And our position that I think not everybody wants to hear is that if these are our kids, then we have failed them. So if it's our kids who think this is funny, then that's a problem. If it's our kids who are doing this with purposeful 
malice, then that's a problem too. So we're trying to figure out um, how to get a commitment uh, in, in this town and to bring people together. And recently we really have been, been able to bring people together and um, kind of allow people who might not have been loud on these topics before to have support in speaking up and standing up to hate. Megan, what kind of activities is your group involved in? We uh, are involved in a whole bunch of different things. You know, we have kind of our more um, serious professional side, I would say. So we are speaking up at board meetings. We're speaking up at village meetings. We are meeting with the mayor and local leadership um, and really stressing the importance of these you know, this, these programs, these, these messages that we're looking to send, but we also have done so much more, you know, we've done in-person gatherings, we've done a march, we have done programs for author visits for kids uh, on, on Zoom, we've shown videos, we've done a bunch of community drives uh, for school supplies and food and clothing. Um, right now we're working on a fresh food drive for Thanksgiving. And it's, this is all really hyper local. So within our town, people who use the food pantry at the high school, things like that, families close by. And, um, and we also like to spread a positive message. So we do a gift to thy neighbor over the holidays where people shop at local business and Give some, give, uh, you know, another group member a gift. So we're busy. We've done a whole bunch of stuff. I love the idea of hyper-local. I love the idea that, you know, you are, it's really neighbor to neighbor. And there's some signs of hope that all of your, you know, your efforts are paying off, right? There definitely is. You know, we have, we started at a very charged uh, time, let's say in the summer of 2020. Right. Um, And so there were people, uh, executives and and people in the district who were not looking to work with us one year ago, because they thought we were too political, which we have, it is very important to us to stay politically neutral in this NIOC group. um, Because part of the goal is to work with everybody to come yes. together. Good. Um, but, you know, I have to say the most recent sign of hope was our, we had uh, a couple of other anti-Semitic incidents, which um, are unfortunately on the rise here in Suffolk County. I mean, I think that's probably nationally, but he, the mayor of Northport reached out to us and said, can you help organize and plan a candlelight vigil, um, wow. which we did about uh, two weeks ago. And we had you know, a dozen elected officials speak, local clergy, school board members, and then testimonials from people in our town. Um, And we had, you know, we handed out 300 candles and it was a very, very powerful um, message, both in the words that were said and also in the vision of all these people are here to support um, members of our community who are victimized. That is beautiful, Megan, and really inspiring. If listeners are interested in learning more about Not In Our Town or starting a movement in their own towns, what would you recommend? Definitely. So uh, NIAT has an incredible national leadership who are so helpful to getting your own chapter started. Um, I would suggest either visiting the Not In Our Town website, visiting 
the Not In Our Town Northport website or reaching out uh, to me and I'd be happy to talk with you or meet with you. Um, and I mean, there's so many programs. The NIAT website has, you know, videos and ideas of activities that range, you know, from kindergarten all the way up through high school. And actually in California, they're approved by their, um, I think it's the Board of Health or I forget the name of the organization for in-school activities. Um, so it's, they're really age appropriate and very powerful things you can do with your own kids um, or with people in your towns. That is great. And we'll put some of those links on our, um, on our website and in our Facebook group so that people can get that contact information. Megan, we're really proud of you. We are proud of you, Megan. It sounds like it's super satisfying too, for you personally. Thank you. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it was kind of an unforeseen, I guess I described it to a friend recently as like, I had a personal reckoning at the beginning of COVID as what we want our family to be. And then there was this kind of collective reckoning um, last summer of what do we want this world to be for our kids? And it's been a lot of work. It's been very busy, but uh, it's extremely rewarding um, working with the my co-founders, the eight women, you know, who are moms, professionals, educators, business owners. Um, no, nobody's a community organizer. So we're all working and, and learning this together. But, uh, you know, I think it's shaping what <laughs> what I want to be when I grow up, let's say. <laughs> I, think it's great. I think it's great for your community and I think it's great for our country. Now, on to an equally important act, uh, question, and that is Thanksgiving, because that is also about getting together with family and friends and community. What are your plans for Thanksgiving Day? Yes. So I think we are going to host Thanksgiving here at my yeah. house. You know, oh. we are, it would just, it will just be very small. Um, you know, we still have two unvaccinated people in my, in my house, the baby okay. and John who are not eligible, but Mina did get her first dose this morning, which is okay, so girl. exciting it, and such that is That's great. a relief. I'm so, so you know, me too. Um, we're still, you know, taking it a little bit easy, but we probably will see my parents and my, my grandmother. Oh, that, that will make it extra special. Well, Megan, you know, you are such a busy mom, you're a busy community activist, and we just thank you so much for taking the time with us um, this morning to talk with us. We want to send our love to Greg and Mina and John, and of course, baby Luca, and please give your parents a big hug for us as well. Okay. Thank you. I will love you guys and send our love to everybody too. We Thanks, love you, Megan. Megan. <laughs> Thank you. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life. Aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> 
And no kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters and we're back. You guys, that was so fun to listen to Megan. I was not here when you interviewed her. And so just to hear her talk about her personal kind of covid reckoning and family decision making you know you read the stats and the stories about all the new the challenges young families faced and the choices young families are making but for me it was really inspiring to hear this one from inside of our own family so that was just just very interesting to hear her talk about what she decided to do and how she has approached this time in her life it was really great yeah. yeah. And, you know, her mom was a lawyer and, and, you know, had a career where she was working, then left for a while, then went back, started her own practice. So she's had great role models, I yeah, think, too, yeah. in terms of flexibility. I think when you're young, you think, well, I've made this decision and this is the decision I'm going to make for the rest of my life. And then the longer you become a working mom, you know, flexibility is the key. And you kind yeah. of been in and out of different phases of your career. And she's, I think, very, um, inspired by the work she's doing in her community as well. Yeah, right. that's clear. Yeah. I think that we all can be inspired by the idea of hyper-local. We can look mm-hmm. around, we can help the people right around us. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. That's inspiring for me. Yeah. So all those links that we mentioned uh, in the interview, they are on in the show notes and we'll probably post them in the Facebook group and everything if you're interested in getting involved in your own chapter of Not In Our Town. Um, okay, next week on the show, I mean, we're just plowing through. We have a bunch more shows. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I know, I know. We're ending strong. 2021, bring it on home. Yes, Put it on way. a tray. Yes, that's <laughs> what we're doing. We're serving it right up to you. I'm just going to keep saying that. Just say it. Show. Okay. I mean, we got a decade of material out of Tubbit. So, <laughs> okay. okay. So, Uh, Claire Tansy is going to be here next week. Satellite Sisters' favorite cookbook author, recipe developer. And our challenge, uh, someone, one of the Satellite Sisters on the Facebook group asked us to to think outside the box for holiday entertaining. So Claire Mm -hmm. immediately rose to that challenge. So next week, we're going to have Claire on. If you want to do something different for your Hanukkah or Christmas or New Year's celebrations, we're going to try to think outside the box. We're also going to talk pate. 
Okay, because Liz, we have our Satellite Sisters holiday wrap party coming up. We're yes. going to be making a vegetarian pate and our mom's classic pate. Um, okay. All right. And then our last show of the year is mid-December, and we want to know what you did in 2021. We already have a great collection of of uh, photos and posts over at the Facebook group and on Instagram using the hashtag sat sisters. Look what I did 2021. Some really fun, amazing accomplishments. Amazing accomplishments. I am really enjoying it. I'm inspired by what I've already seen. I don't, I don't think I have anything that is at the level I was going to post. I don't know. I think I told you guys like last spring, things were not going well here around my house. So I like, I got a lemon tree and put it out on my little terrace I've actually grown a lemon. I, I, I might. <laughs> wow, Liz. Wow. You just floored us, Liz. Okay, we didn't see that one coming, did we, Leon? No, no, she's a lemon. I think it's a Meyer lemon. I think that's what okay. kind of tree it is. Anyway, so I was feeling pretty proud of, you know, my lemon. And then I look at what, you know, everyone out there in the, in the sisterhood has done. Like, wow, I'm very proud of all of us. Good work. <laughs> Hashtag South Sisters. Look what I did 2021. Yes. Keep yes. them coming. We love it. Yeah. On Instagram or Facebook. Again, not a contest. We just want to see what you're up to. And our last show of the year is going to be dedicated to that theme. Look what I did 2021. All right. We have a lot of entertaining sisters for the holiday weekend. Liz, what do you got? Yes. Well, first I wanted to talk about what I'm going to describe as Katie Couric three ways, because I just feel like I've had a lot of Katie Couric in my life over the past week or two. First, I listened to her audiobook. Um, you know, her new book is called Going There. And I like it when people write a memoir and then read the book themselves. I'd like to hear people tell their own story in their own voice. And there's some that Katie Crick's voice is so familiar. <laughs> you know, right. you, don't you feel like she's been talking to you forever? And I was yes. never I was never even a big Today Show watcher. But, you know, it's just been so interesting to see what she's done with her life over the years. So anyway, I listened to her audiobook, as you no doubt read in the publicity. She's very straightforward in the way she talks about things. And so, you know, where the things that she's super enthusiastic about, you hear that in her own voice. But then she also, like there are a couple of times, I loved hearing her call Les Moonves. She described him as a close talker with bad breath. And that, okay, so so there is some stuff like that, and that's before Ouch. that's before we knew he was sexually assaulting women in his office, which she also gets into. So I liked the sort of straightforward language that she used. I you know I don't think she unnecessarily takes anyone down. It's very interesting to hear her talk about her competition with Diane Sawyer, who she admires a lot. But what was really going on behind the scenes in the Today Show versus Good Morning America? I feel like I've read a million magazine articles about that, but it was way more interesting to hear Katie talk about it. So I enjoyed that part of it, the the sort of straight talk aspect. She's got a super crazy nanny story in there, which I will not tell you any more about, um, but like a crazy, uh, just a, 
Mm, kind of unhinged nanny in her life, which I had never heard about. Oh, wow. So, so that is very interesting. I think a lot of people will find that story interesting. And then also just the way she thought about her whole career. You know, she describes her ups and downs. She, you know, why she left the today to go to CBS, how much she hated being at CBS and all the way down to what she's doing right now. And, you know, we had her on, she came on Satellite Sisters. It was like mm-hmm. two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because when, and um, when I was working at National Geographic, she started doing some documentaries from her own production company for Nat Geo. Anyway, she came on. And the thing I remember about her appearance on our show is, remember, we kept losing the signal and we oh, get back. Yeah. Really embarrassing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was so embarrassing. And she was so nice about it. Yeah. Like, right. Uh, like she had to call back like four times. It yeah. was that bad. We've never had something go worse. And yet she was incredibly nice about it. Anyway, so Katie Couric, if you like Katie Couric, I think you will like listening to the audiobook. Now, if Katie Couric is not your cup of tea, I would not recommend it. But anyway, I liked it. So that was Katie Couric one way. Katie Couric two way. She has, you know, her podcast, which is called Next Question, which is always very interesting. But she did a whole episode about uh, how she wrote the book as an episode of the podcast. Because when I'm listening to someone do a very detailed memoir, I think, how did they remember that? Or how do right. they know that? Or how? Right. When we wrote our first book, um, Satellite Sisters, Uncommon Senses, you said you had no memories of a childhood, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Our, <laughs> our editor kept asking me to be more detailed. I'm like, I have no more details. I don't. I cannot tell you what I was wearing, as opposed to Sheila, who always knew what she was wearing at any key transition point in our childhood. So, uh, but anyway, when Katie, so in this episode of her podcast, she talks about where she had an editor, Lucy Kalin, working with her. And Lucy Kalin, people may know that name because she was at one point the editor-in-chief of Oh, the Oprah magazine. So, but she never knew Lucy before that. So, so Lucy was like her editor, but then she also had recently been interviewed by a Notre Dame, a college senior who was writing her thesis for American Studies on Katie Couric and what she had meant to feminism in America, which is sort of an interesting topic. So she had been interviewed by this young woman. She was impressed by this young woman. And so she became the third member of the research team, because as Katie describes this in her podcast, this you know college senior knew a lot more about her life than she did. <laughs> she didn't remember anything of the stuff either. So I just thought it was interesting. If you want to know, like, how does a, you know, a memoir really come together? It was it was very warm and interesting to hear them talk about it. And so much of it was done during the pandemic. So it's a lot of like pajama parties working together. So I recommend that. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then also, this is where in my life, maybe it's true of all of us, confusing fact and fiction now this far into the current unpleasantness. I was finishing up season two of The Morning Show on Apple TV Plus, which, by the way, I loved. I just really loved it. But there was a certain point, this was Katie three ways, where 
I was confusing what Jen Aniston and Steve Carell were doing on the completely fictional The Morning Show with the true behind the scenes story of Katie Couric and Matt Lauer and what Matt may or may not have done. So I kind of lost the thread there for a second, like what is real? And as I'm reading Katie's book, I'm like, well, when is she going to talk about the trip to Italy? And I'm like, oh, no, wait, no, that didn't happen. That did not. That's completely fictional. So uh, anyway, I know we've had people in the Facebook group talking about the morning show, you know, pros and cons, but I really enjoyed it. And the season finale is great. So there you go. I had Katie Couric three ways and I would recommend all of them. Well, I saw Katie interviewed on Colbert about the book and he asked her about the morning show and she said it is shockingly realistic. Huh. See, that's why it confuses yep. me. Yeah, she said it's just that really, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, shockingly realistic. All right, Liz, I a good good review. Okay, mm-hmm. good. It's on my list. I'm going to get to it. I too like to listen to the audiobooks. It read uh, for memoir by the authors. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I have done some. I, I've done some work for you. I've done some family viewing, binge watching for specifically to look for shows people could watch over the holidays oh, with nice. their whole families. Okay. Sort of like a playlist for TV. Yeah. Yes. I do have okay. to say John Stamos was involved. So that is. <laughs> okay. All right. So it really isn't for us. It's for you. Okay. We get it. I, you know, a lot of us can't explain how attached we are to John Stamos and that's okay. We don't have to. Um, okay, so over at Disney Plus, he is in a new show called Big Shot, and it's a sports drama, right? So, and the premise is pretty good, I have to say. He uh, he plays an NCAA basketball coach who is tossed out because he Bobby knighted it. He threw a chair at a referee, and he loses his gig as an NCAA coach. So he ends up coaching at an all-girls high school in San. Diego. And that's where he reconnects with his teen daughter. And so it's John Stamos and he's wearing a three-piece suit in every episode, ladies. That's all I have to say. And uh, and about like six teenage girls and they have a lot of teenage girl drama. And it actually is very charming. Who will like this show? Women like me who enjoy John Stamos will like this show. I mean, you could definitely watch it with your teenage girls and it will spark or teenagers, teenage boys as well. It will spark some conversation. Uh, There's some good acting in it and there's some pretty good writing in it. So it's about eight episodes and it will get a second season. I just read at Disney Plus. But there you go. Big shot over on Disney Plus. Like, Julie, you could totally like Alice would totally like this. Okay, All right. That's a good recommendation. I will. I will put it in the queue for the weekend. Yes. Yeah. It's not edgy. Like the girls are not edgy. It's nothing. Uh, You're not going to watch anything uncomfortable with them. Just and I know that's how how we don't want any of that. None of that over the weekend. Okay. In the same vein, you know what else is really charming is the remake of Doozy Doogie Hauser over on Disney Plus. Oh, I didn't even Uh, know that was happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, they remade it. Uh, It's called. I'm going to say this wrong, but Doogie Kamealoha, MD. Uh Okay, and that's key because it's set in Hawaii. So first of all, it's set in Hawaii. So (laughs) and Doogie in this case is a young woman. And she has like a surfer dad and a doctor mom and nice friends and a cute surfer boyfriend. Uh, But it's just really fun to see how they interpret like life in Hawaii and Hawaiian traditions into this. And the cast is very charming. And again, nothing is going to make you uncomfortable to watch with your children, with your children or grandparents around. That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And again, I think um, the, I, there's just a very appealing cast. So I think Alice and uh, I think your grandchildren would also like this because okay. there's a funny younger brother. Like they've nailed it. And it's very sweet and charming. And I thought it was great. And then the last thing, I don't think we mentioned the show on the air. Maybe we have Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Yes. So, so fun. Yeah. yeah. Really, so just, that, that seems like a good one for the family group. It's also good for the family. Right. So it's, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez and this super charming, deceptively funny, you know, just a multi-generational cast. And I, I can't believe how many like fun um, appearances they got from like every actor in New York that clearly wanted to work with, <laughs> with Steve Martin and Martin Short. <laughs> like every episode has all these great cameo appearances, uh, mm-hmm. including one by Sting, which is just unbelievable. So, so funny. Yes. Wow. That's for you, Land. Yeah. 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 It was highly recommended in our Facebook group. Okay. Facebook. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I, I finally convinced my husband to watch it. So those are my three family binge viewing uh, Thanksgiving weekend shows. The big, uh, big Shot, New Doogie Hauser, and Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders in the Building also has a lot of good podcast jokes in it. Yeah. So, you yes. know, not yes. everyone will appreciate that as much as we will, but it's, it's very funny because the show within the show is them doing a true true crime podcast. Yes. It's so and silly. And just wandering around with a microphone as if that's how it happens. <laughs> he has so many funny lines. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, one last uh, entertainment recommendation. I really think this is going to go down as the Gaga Thanksgiving, because I, for one, cannot wait to see that new movie, The House of Gucci, which, you know, I mean, it's so that the trailer has been released. You've probably seen all the stills out there. So Lady Gaga plays Patricia Gucci. And it just seems like a role made in heaven for her. Right. Right up her alley. Yes. So, but this is like Gaga three ways. I will describe this. I was reading an interview with her uh, over the weekend and they asked her, how did you come up with Patricia's body language? The way she saunters and the way she dances, she seems to have a much lower center of gravity than you do. I thought, well, that's an unusual question. But then I read her answer. And her answer is, well, in some techniques of acting, they call it, quote, using the animal. Oh, okay. Tell me more, Gaga. I used three different animals for her. I began as a house cat, which has this kind of alluring quality, but can also be a bit aloof. I used that with her physicality. Then she transforms into a fox. So, because when I'm trying to be part of the family business, I made the choice to transform from a cat into a fox. Then she, when she's getting divorced and the drama really heats up, she transforms from a fox into a panther. She said, I studied panthers. What are the ways in which a panther seduces its prey? What are the ways in which the panther is slow before it pounces? What happens when the panther is so enraged with starvation and hunger that it goes into survival mode? So I don't know about you, sisters, but I got to see this. <laughs> okay. Liz, I thought you were going to adopt an animal. Are you going to become an animal, Liz? I just, you know, being the panther. Anyway, I just, like, I get such All right, a well, check it out. Her. Give us a full report on that. Yeah, Liz. I get a kick out of her anyway, so I already have a ticket for Thanksgiving afternoon. Yeah. 
That's what uh, I'm, I'm thinking Clifford the Big Red Dog is really more <laughs> up my alley for the holidays. Okay. To each his yeah. own. For I, me, I, he's, a, he's an animal too. Guys, just keep that in mind. Okay. Well, I'm going for a Gaga Thanksgiving. That's all. All right. That is our show for today. I would like to apologize because uh, a lot of people showed up at my house during the recording of this <laughs> of this podcast. So if there was a lot of noise, a lot of unexpected visitors. Thank you, though. Okay, uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is upon us. Yeah. Yes. A big thanks to Sergio Enriquez for trying to make us sound good, uh, despite what we do when we're uh, recording the show. So thank you, Sergio. Thanks to Emily Loudermilk for doing our graphic design. It's always really fun to see what Emily cooks up for the show. If you want to see, uh, best thing to do is follow us on Instagram at Sat Sisters or subscribe to Pep Talk, our newsletter. We would like to thank our sponsors. As always, this is how it works. We have sponsors for the show. You support the sponsors. We're able to do Satellite Sisters. All right, time for our to-do list here. I'm going to go first and then mute myself because um, the yard guys are outside right now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. I am making a turkey charcuterie platter for Thanksgiving. That's right. Cheese and veggies that look like a turkey. They're adorable. Uh, I think you can do it. They're adorable. I I think I want to see pictures of all everyone, all of our listeners, if they're making one of those. They're so cute. I love it. Okay, I will. I'm doing it, Joel. Okay. Okay. For my my to-do, I want to inspire everyone to be like our uncle, Dick Kirshner. He would come to our large family Thanksgivings and he would have a brown paper bag. Right, sisters? Remember that? Mm -hmm. It was a brown Mm -hmm. paper bag. And then he would gather all the kids, you know, young and old. If, you you know, if, you know, he would gather all of them. And each Thanksgiving, he brought us a special little treat. One year it was kazoos. Uh, The next year it was paper airplanes. I know we had mood rings one year and it was just such a delight, right? It Mm -hmm. was, it was fantastic. It was magical. It was memorable. I mean, we don't really, we didn't really care about the turkey, but we always cared about what Uncle Dick was bringing. And we had so much fun with that. And I think in particular for children, we're still wearing masks to school. It would be very nice to create some new, special, wonderful tradition for them this Thanksgiving. So be like Uncle Dick Kirshner. Okay, that's a good one, Julie. Well, I am going to do uh, some test batching on Thanksgiving morning, sisters, because we're making mom's pate for the holiday wrap party. I thought maybe that's what I'll do Thanksgiving morning. So I've got the the recipe, Lee, and I know you put the recipe in last week's edition of Pep Talk. So if people aren't subscribed to Pep Talk, look what you're missing. So I'm looking at it right now. Got to do the shopping for this um, this afternoon. I got to say, it's an item on here that I've never bought. Don't even really quite know what it is. Tawny port. So I'm, I'm assuming, okay. I'm assuming that's some kind of port wine, and it will yes. be obvious yes. to me when I'm in that department. Yeah, it will be obvious. Okay. Yeah, yes. there are a yes. couple of different kinds of port. Yeah. So okay. I want the tawny. I want the tawny. Okay. Well, that's exciting. A whole new ingredient in my repertoire on, uh, you know, Edna Dolan's Thanksgiving pate. So that's on my to-do list. Tawny port. You know, at the minute you open that tawny port, it's going to transport you back to our home kitchen because oh, really? that's that's what makes that's the pate the taste yep. delicious. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no substitutions right, on that. Yep. Yeah. No subs. No, no subs on that. Okay. All right, sisters. Uh, hey, have a great Thanksgiving, all. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs> <laughs>